Welcome to the Crater Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss all the JavaScript news that's happened on Crater.io this week. This episode is for Friday, March 11th, 2015. This week's episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They are the single best hosting option available for Meteor right now. Go to Modulus.io and check them out. They offer a marketplace. They offer you Mongo databases. It's very easy to integrate with other Mongo databases. You know, they offer WebSocket support with sticky sessions. They do everything right for your Meteor app. I use them for everything that I'm doing. I would highly recommend you use them as well. Modulus.io. DigitalOcean is the best place to get your Meteor application off the ground quickly and the easiest to scale when you find success. I host Crater.io there, so I understand DigitalOcean. Start with a pre-configured one-click launch, such as Node.js, to get it up and running in 55 seconds, or build the exact infrastructure you need with root access to servers running 100% SSD and state-of-the-art data centers around the world. DigitalOcean is the fastest-growing cloud infrastructure provider because it's built for developers and laser-focused on its mission to create simple and elegant solutions for developers and teams. Use the promo code CRATER10 on the billing page when you sign up for $10 to get started. Welcome, Crater fans. I'm your host, Josh Owens, along with my special guest co-host. Abby Heyer. Welcome, Abby. How you doing, man? I love being on the show. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome to have you back. I think what, last week was you and Ben, right? And then yeah. week before that was Ben and myself. Was, so. Yeah. And then before that, I think, was you and me. And then, yeah. You know what I realized is the show isn't as good without you in it. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah. You. People don't get to see that bald face of yours, or head of yours, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the face is not bald. The face is not bald, but the head yeah. definitely is. While Ben has a beard, I'm not bald, so we can't make up for it. <laughs> nice. How'd the class go? Good. It was really good. Yeah, I think people enjoyed it. Everyone gave me good feedback. I will say, like, instead of relying on packages, I was writing things like the user accounts stuff by hand. And that ended up taking, like, way more time than anticipated. So we didn't cover as much material. People still got to see things going on. The, with the 1.3 coming out and the package stuff changing, it's almost like we started over. You know, it's not, not necessarily started over, but it almost seems like back in the early Meteor days where we're, we're always looking like, hey, is there a package for that? No? Okay, let me yeah. make one. I'll be the person who has one. We're kind of in the yeah. Wild West again. for the Yeah, Meteor. I mean, part of that is like a shift to React, right? Like a lot of people yeah. react. But now you're in like this weird limbo where... A React package probably isn't going to do exactly what you need. There are some that will, right? Yeah. Like React Helmet or something like that. But at the same time, like, I think there's one package now that's doing user account stuff with React. You know, More like uh, Meteor-focused React components would be pretty tight. I will say this. Quality of code has gone up um, since people have been moving to React. Like The JavaScript code that Meteor developers are writing now is a lot different than they were writing months ago. And this is a personal opinion, but I think it's because of, uh, you know, you write JavaScript for the back end, but you're writing more JavaScript to do the front end stuff now instead of like mm-hmm. doing the, the HTML template world. And maybe I think that makes people more into JavaScript because they have to do it like 100% of the time now instead of like maybe 
you know, 75% while doing front end and a lot more HTML, you know, things like that. I think the That's quality of code is getting better, you know, as people yeah. are learning more about, you know, JavaScript, I think I can continue to see that happen. I wonder if like ideas behind React and the way you write React code. And I mean, like React itself pushes you towards ES 2015 or ES 6. Yeah. So I think all those things are maybe combining all at the same time as well. So yeah, maybe you're right. We need, we need like a code smell measurement so we can see if it actually went down. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So this week, galaxy pricing changes, meteor free hosting is reactive data with meteor one, three. Yep. React and React version 15 is impending. This week has a good good topics because it's like half of the stuff that you really like, like hosting versions, and half the stuff that I really like, which is React. Mm-hmm. So you get show. Yeah, 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 definitely. So let's get into the hosting stuff. My gut says this will take a little bit longer than normal. Yeah. The first story is that earlier in the week, Meteor came out and said, oh, we got new pricing for Galaxy. Mm -hmm. And it was like a uh, one size of Galaxy for everyone. You know, like they have different container sizes, but now it's all like, yeah, you just pay them per, you pay them per second. Their selling point is per hour on the website. Uh, But in reality, I think people buy per day. It's interesting because the the dev pricing was at like 15 bucks a container before and now it's gone. Uh, So the cheapest you can do, even though they don't have a pricing calculator, the cheapest you can do is like $25 a month on the the low-end container, which I think is a 512 meg um, Mm -hmm. memory size container, which is, I I think is interesting, right? You look at platform as a service competitors they're right smack dab in line with them so yeah it's, it's a competitive offering i think the cool thing that galaxy offers is just the support i've had experiences with other host, hosting providers and you know the, the, the quick support when things are on fire are always you know that's what keeps me like happy knowing that if something does go wrong i have a meteor developer helping me as opposed to when I was when I was hosting on Modulus, we went through the support. We were talking to like just you know some node developers, like just general developers that were having a hosting solution for Meteor at the time, using the Demeteorizer and stuff. Yeah. So like it feels really good to talk to someone who actually is a Meteor developer and knows what possibly could go wrong in the Meteor sense, right? Because on Galaxy you're deploying a Meteor app, like not you don't have to turn it into a node app. Or any yeah. of that jazz, you're actually deploying a real Meteor app. So maybe there's some issue. There could be some issues, you know, specific to Meteor apps in this setting. And if, if something blows up, it's nice to just, you know, have that support there. I would agree on some level. Like maybe their support offering is a little bit better. But I think hosting is a commodity business, right? So I, yeah. I look back over my long career of things that I've done. One of those was run a hosting business early on for rails and there weren't very many rails hosts back then. You know, I, I find what you end up getting into is like the situation where you're racing towards the bottom pricing wise, like everyone yeah. wants the cheapest hosting they can get. And, you know, I, I was talking to someone today, like 
do you want to be the Apple of the world of the like meteor hosting world? Or do you want to be like, you know, the HTC of the meteor hosting world? I'm not sure you can be either in hosting, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Meteor offers some options that make them a little more higher end, but you, you still have to pay extra for those. So they, they did split out the support stuff. And so you can pay to have an SLA now. You just pay them for months for that. Yeah. You know, Heroku also offers stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I've never looked at Modulus's SLA offerings, but I'm sure they have something. It, yeah, you're right. It's a commodity business. Everyone's offering the same thing. Perfectly competitive. I guess the question is like, where is the where is this headed? You know, first we got this developer preview, which was you know for people who didn't get into the preview, I thought that was BS. Okay, so then it started that way. Then it was like, oh, yeah, we're going to give, we're going to have some free hosting, you know, maybe. And then now it's going to be open for everyone. And, like, it's it's just not predictable. Like, I have no idea where this Galaxy product is heading. Like, I usually can predict these things, you know, like, as things are growing, as this product grows. But, man, they're just all over the place. It feels like they're just, like, changing their mind about stuff, like, all the time. Where do well, you think this is going? I, so I'll give you my, my thoughts on this, right? If you're not familiar with the idea of a commodity business, it's the idea that, you know, it's, it's something that people need to build something, right? And so when you look at hosting, that's something you need to build an app. Oil is a commodity, right? And the, the barrel of oil I buy from, say, the Middle East or from uh, the Gulf of Mexico, they're kind of the same thing, right? I can do the same thing with them and they accomplish the same thing. So I'll probably just go with the cheapest option or maybe the one that can deliver it the fastest, right? And so that's the slight differences there might make a difference for my business, but for the most part, like there, there's tiny little differences. I don't know of any billion dollar unicorn hosting company that's out there. Right. Yeah. And I like, it exists. Heroku and Modulus were the two that I would point to, but they both exited out to other companies, right? Companies. Yeah. It, it sort of makes sense. Like they're in the hosting business or, I mean, you look at Progress, they've they bought Modulus and they bought Telerik and they're going hard after the like JavaScript community and trying to figure out how to like yeah. capture that for their products. They, they got the infrastructure. And same thing with Salesforce, right? Like they yeah. need developers that are interested in building, building Salesforce apps and so that's who they're going after. You know, if, you, if you're looking at the, the company, Meteor, as a company that's taking funding, to me... I don't think hosting's where they're going to be. They're going to they're going to pivot out of hosting or they're going to spin hosting off or something like it's going to go away at some point in my opinion. Maybe it'll stick around for a while, but it's not going to be the money maker that they need it to be to either secure the next round of funding or to IPO or any of that stuff, you know. If you think hosting's it, you're looking for an exit right now. I don't see them looking for an exit right now. Yeah, it's more long term, and you know, they, they said they had like a thousand customers now on Galaxy, which is which is a cool milestone. But if like five hundred of them are just paying like one day, one hour or something, which is like thirty five cents, are they considered a customer? Maybe mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust yeah. statistics like that when they're an early stage company because we float statistics all the time at WorkPop. So like, <laughs> you know, like. I'll believe it when I see it, you know? Yeah. I'll say this. It's cool to see a number, right? Like it's if, great. If you think back to like the Meteor install chart that Jeff showed during one of his talks, there were no numbers on that thing. So I like that they're sharing numbers. Um, yeah. But the pivot here is Apollo. And I think if you look at how they're treating Apollo, I think they kind of think that way. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's completely 
they're, they're branding it on its own. It's sort of related to Meteor, right? Because Apollo mm-hmm. is like a space thing. Uh, but at the same time, like it's got its own organization. It's got its own logo. I, I think that they're, they're going to push hard on Apollo. And I have a feeling that they have ideas on how to make better money off that, right? And I think that's yeah. going to be in the analytics space, maybe. You'll be able to like install set up apollo and then install some kind of package that they offer and, and you're getting like analytical insight from your apollo yeah. data stack not to take anything away from galaxy like if people have the money and you know they want to use a really straightforward hosting option i think galaxy is great if you're the more adventurous type and want to manage your own hosting you should do that you know like uh but let's say you like you're just running the mill person need to get some stuff up you know, use Galaxy. Like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think most people like, they're like, oh, but it's so expensive. Come on. Like, at the end of the day, if you think about it, so I gave a talk at CreatorConf about building your own Galaxy hosting setup using DigitalOcean. I spent like hours on this thing. And like, you know, what I build out, like, that's, that's, that's probably pretty stupid of me. I should just move it to Galaxy and be done with it. Yeah. Why am I fiddling with this stuff unpaid when I could be doing client work or something else, you know? Like, I enjoy it, so that's why I did it. I just put the talk up on YouTube, and that's what I say in the talk. Like, don't do this. Don't. Yeah. You know, if you're okay monitoring your servers and setting everything up, then absolutely go ahead with it. But if not, like, just, just pay someone to handle that piece of it for you. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, I, I always feel like when you're in a tech company that maybe you're not, there's not that many technical people there, right? Let's say you're in an agency where there's like two developers and five marketed people, right? The cost of technical things, it's so criticized compared to, let's say, a bigger technical organization where you have 50 engineers and 10 salesmen or whatever. The thing is, like, I always, I've always seen there's three things that people, that small tech companies, like, really care about. Hosting prices, CDN prices. They're like, oh, why does this stuff cost so much? I'm paying so much for hosting, like, and I'm paying for the developers. Like, why does this stuff cost so much? The truth is, this stuff costs money. And it's a significant, we're, like, in the age of the internet industry and internet business. These are, like, the, uh, I don't know. It's, it's real estate costs. You want something online? This is the real estate homeowners association costs. You better pay up, you know? If there are any business people watching this show, they're trying to get into tech stuff. They should like, start realizing the value of these things and the value of how this is a commodity business. Maybe Galaxy's not right. And if they think it's too expensive, there's a whole bunch of options out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're all, like I said, they're, they're slightly different, right? Yeah. So if you go with, go with Heroku, that's great. But then you want to add SSL to Heroku, like, you got paying yeah. bucks a month. You know, like, no one wants to pay that. But you, you go over to Modulus, you're going to pay them 20, 26 bucks a month for the 512 level. And, like, SSL is just free. Just, yeah, you're good. You know, so everybody's slightly different on how they're building it and that kind of stuff, so... I guess we should say, rather than at the end of the show, we'll, we'll just mention the sponsors now. We've got yeah. two now. Uh, so Modulus is the first, right? And if you guys are interested, go check them out, modulus.io. And then the second one, if you're watching, I uh, wore their T-shirt today, uh, yeah. Digital Ocean, which is where I host Crater. And uh, that's the, the talk I put up on YouTube is all about Digital Ocean and MUP and Meteor and that kind of stuff. So... 
digitalocean.com. And uh, I think they have a coupon. So Modulus may still have a coupon, Met Podcast. And then uh, DigitalOcean has uh, Crater 10. And I think you get like a $10 credit if you sign up with that. So that's cool. This leads into the next conversation, which is last night, uh, Meteor sent out an email that uh, to anyone that had free hosting set up and said, you got to get your stuff off in two weeks because we're shutting it down. Yeah. Meteor Deploy months ago and maybe like years ago was so clutch. You know, like you build a small Meteor app, you go into some meetup, you want to show how cool Meteor is. You say, oh yeah, here's the, here's the icing on the cake. You can deploy it. Meteor Deploy. And uh, it's so, so convenient. And uh, a lot of people got pissed about this. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how could they take it away? Or they thought that, that it's a good offering for the company, that they should do it. I'm okay with this decision because, like we just talked about before, like there are several options for people mm-hmm. to do this. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to go into that. But like <laughs> philosophically, like it does suck. As one of those like cool points that we loved about Meteor is now gone, it's kind of sad. I know a lot of people who are like Meteor fans and have been in the community for a long time. It, it almost seems like, uh, like Meteor is changing. And they're taking something away from me. And uh, I, I feel that. I can, I can feel where people are coming from. I don't know. Just trying to be like the heir of real news. Like, who cares? You know, like, just <laughs> there are other options. Will. You know, like, <laughs> there are other options. Right? <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this. How many, how many sites are you hosting now on free media hosting? Like three, right? Three. Just like small things, you know, something small that... I could put, if I cared about them, I could put them somewhere else, you know? Are you going to put them somewhere else? Probably not. I'll just let them die because I didn't care enough about them in the, in the first place. They're so, they're so untouched that every time I, like, open them up, I have to wait, like, 60 seconds or whatever. Like, oh, we're spinning it up for you because I never view it, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. uh. And the, the people that do care just put a pinger on there, right? So they just yeah. site every 10 minutes to make sure it stays up. That's an old Heroku trick. I mean, again, I'll just say it, like hosting is a commodity business and I think there's a lot of people that hang on for free and you're, you're putting a lot of infrastructure and yeah. resources behind a large group of people that likely will never pay you, right? And so kind of got into this argument on the media forums uh, because someone's saying, well, like this just seems like a really smart sales tool. You know, you just have the free media hosting and then people will convert up. But, but in, all, in all reality, you know, Heroku did away with their free hosting tier in its last form because they found that that wasn't happening. People yeah. were converting up. They would start a project, put it on there, and then it would just sit there like utilizing free resources and they were yeah. putting, you know, tons of people towards it trying to keep it up and, you know, that kind of thing. The other thing is too, when someone doesn't pay you, uh, there's, there's actually, I think there's a Heroku talked about it. There's like a correlation between how many support requests come in. And so like the free tier, more support requests than the paid tier. Yeah. Your biggest cost in hosting is actually your support staff. It's, it's not your servers, right? Like yeah, pays Amazon web services at the end of the day, right? They're the real yeah. ones here. Someone asked me, like, well, you have a free tier with your content that you put out, and then you try to get people to buy your 
training courses and that kind of stuff. And I said, absolutely. And that makes sense for me, right? Because yeah. putting out the free content cost me, what, six hours of time to get a good quality blog post together. And then I pay $5 a month to host my blog. Yeah. I don't even have to pay that. Like I could, I could move it to medium if I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. And like converting 1% off that, like totally makes sense to me because my costs aren't that big. But costs on hosting for, you know, a huge ton of people and they've got like 99% of them will never convert, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. There's so many, I bet you there are so many of those uh, Meteor deployed free apps that came from someone reading a tutorial. How many josh.todos.meteor.com exist out there? You know, yeah. like, so it's, yeah, you're right. It's, it's just not a good business decision to keep it open. It's never going to be because it's hard to convert free to paid. It's easy to yeah. convert paid to more paid, you know? Right, right, yeah. What Heroku did is they offered, uh, and, you know, I keep pointing at Heroku because they've almost identically modeled their business after Heroku at this point. So, you know, I use them as the closest analogy. Uh, But Heroku offers a free tier, which I think we may see Meteor kind of reverse their thought on this. It's a free tier, but it can only run 12 out of 24 hours. So if it's been up for 12, they just cut you off. Your site's not going to serve up until you hit your timer again. So you don't have a lot of people hanging on, right? It's like truly testing or staging or something and then you can move up into the hobby tier uh, which i think is slightly smaller in the resources they give you and you don't get the the same kind of support and that kind of thing but that's seven bucks a month and then they jump up to the regular 25 bucks a month after that so i don't know we may see something along those lines but yeah even if you don't like just move it to digital ocean move it to heroku and you know pay the the cheap tier and you know be done with it. Yeah. My thoughts. I agree. I completely agree. Yeah. Pretty much all we could say on that. Back a little bit to what I was saying before. Like, even if you're worried about Galaxy now and where it's going, like you were mentioning before, mm-hmm. I still think like Galaxy as an offering is going to be around for another year or two at least. So, you know, if you want to go there and host, like it's, it's absolutely, I think a perfectly fine option to look yeah. at, you know, yeah. I think they're giving out a free $50 credit to Galaxy if you use the code DEPLOY50, mm. and uh, that's all caps. And if you use it before March 25th, you can get a $50 credit to Galaxy hosting. Maybe for some of the people that have free media deploys out there, that's a good thing. You can see how you like it, and $50 will get you a lot of, lot of time, really. So that's pretty yeah. good. I think the one other argument that we didn't bring up that I saw in the forums was like, what happens to all the demo sites for all the open source packages and stuff? Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like it sucks right now because you have like user accounts.meteor.com or, mm-hmm. you know, autoform.meteor.com and all those kinds of sites. And I think they're great, but at the same time, like Meteor is getting out of the package hosting business too. Yeah, (laughs) that's something that we should bring up to Meteor Development Group is like, can there be a Galaxy hosted place that community members can put on like, you know, uh, meteorpackages.com or something slash user accounts goes to that demo site. Like something that we can do as a community because like as a good package author and you have a bunch of stars and a bunch of people using it, 
I don't think it should be on you to host your own demo site because you're helping not just yourself, but a lot of people. So maybe you have the little button that says buy me coffee or buy me galaxy or something like that. Um, but I think media development group should chip in and do something about that. I would agree with that uh, because it's, it's like, it's hard. You're already giving your time and your energy and then to find out like, Oh crap, I got to give, you know, 25 bucks a month as well to host a demo site so people can see it. But, you know, I, I think it's important to have a demo site because it is. people, people don't know what your stuff looks like. And I think that it, having that demo site really helps. Yeah. Them Especially in. for UI stuff, people like to play with it. You know, I, I always use the demo sites to see if I like the interaction and then I'll use it, you know, like, yeah. So yeah. Gonna bug Sashko about that one. Cause I just bug him and then somehow things, you know, go up the, up the tree. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I think they're already on it. It's already like a separate thread in the forums and Oh, nice. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, you should go pop in and say your piece. Will do. Definitely. So let's stop talking about hosting. I'm tired of hosting. <laughs> I'm tired of hosting too, man. I haven't talked about hosting that much in forever. A long time, I know. Reactive data with Meteor once we react. This is also a controversial topic too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I were talking about this like in the chat room privately. So this actually came out of the class I gave. gave. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devin attended, him and his boss attended. You know, he hit me up afterwards and he's like, I'm still trying to wrap my head around React Compose, right? Like I spent four hours teaching them about React Compose. And then we had a break over the weekend and I came back Monday and I'm like, guys, guys, I found Tracker React. And so like we did the rest of the class in Tracker React. I, I could tell after the first day they were kind of scratching their heads about React Composer and everyone was struggling with it. Yeah. So that's, I think that's part of the reason why I was so excited about Tracker React. And uh, yeah, so like Devin hit me up afterwards. He's like, hey, I want to write a blog post. I'm like, you can put it on if you want. He wrote it and he compares, like he shows you, well, he tells you that mixins are dead, right? Yep. Like at some point, like I, I didn't even look at our next story. Uh, whether it's it's moving out in version 15 of React or not, but I think probably by version 16 it might mm-hmm. be. So you got you got to figure something out. And Meteor's offered us mixins, and that's one way. So you know your options right now are React Composer uh, from Aeronota or Tracker React. Yeah, you have the React Meteor data and Composer and Tracker React. Right. And yeah, those are three. And then I think. David Burles has his own little containerization thing. Like, there's going to be a lot of these things coming, but those are the main three players right now. Yeah. Um, well, and Sasha, Sasha has one too. <laughs> yeah, his list, the list container or something. Yeah. I think uh, we can couple all the container ones together, right? Like yeah. uh, React Meteor Data today is a mixin in 1.2. In 1.3, it's going to be a container function. So right. let's say we have all the container ones and the and his React Composer is a container one as well. For people who don't know, like when you do data loading as a container, you're essentially making a component that fetches data. This right. is similar to how we did it in Blaze, where you have a template that does the data fetching. And pretty much you, you subscribe and you, you auto-run if you need to, and you get all your data and you just push it to the template that needs it. Mm-hmm. So that's like container container the way of data loading. 
And then there's Tracker React, which is like the, I would say, more declarative, like, blaze. I would say it's like the blaze way of doing it. It feels, Maybe. It feels very blaze-like, like writing helpers and stuff like that. But Yeah, yeah. So Meteor's actually taken the approach of creating their own container thing now. Yeah, Create Container. And it's going to be called Create Container. Isn't that like a Redux thing? Like they're just straight up stealing off Redux thing? It, kind of, yeah, kind of. Yeah, okay. You know, I, I, was, I was going back and forth in the forums, and, you know, in there as well. And I, I would agree, maybe, maybe container functions are the way to go. Maybe. Yeah. But the problem I have is that it's forcing you to push all your data into the one container, which is fine. But then you're wrapping it all basically in one big tracker auto run, which eh, doesn't feel fine. We should be able to keep that granularity. And I think that's where Tracker React is to me. Like I've gone back several times and, and read Dan's article about like higher order components and like smart container versus dumb component and all that kind of stuff. And like nowhere in there does he say like, oh, you have to create this functional container all you have to be concerned with is the component that you're building. If it's a container, it doesn't care about presentational UI at all. Yeah. It just passes, it passes that on. Yeah. For me, I'm still using the pattern of creating a container. It fetches data and then it calls the components it cares about and passes the data down as props. Yeah. And I think that's totally fine. And now yeah. I get little tracker reacts that wrap around this query or that query mm-hmm. and and those will rerun you know as they need to yeah so at work pop we started off with the react meteor mix-in and i'm going to go on a rant real quick so rant warning and uh, we were contacted by evan Yu, who used to work at meteor and he was like okay what are you guys doing with react we want to know so we can help the community blah 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 blah, blah. Uh, more bs because like none of that went anywhere so i got really i was getting so freaking frustrated like how, am I supposed to wait for you to give me the solution? Like, I've been asking, like, hey, 1.2 mixins, like, what's going on? Sash goes, like, mixins are fine, like, they work. And I'm like, yeah, you guys like mixins because you, you guys use mixins and invalidated method, the validated method package from Meteor. They use mixins to do their whole thing. I get why you like mixins. I can see it in your code, but mixins are dead. So, like, what's going on? Then there was this whole thread on the 1.3 React packages issue. Super long about people just debating stupid stuff like, oh, we're thinking about doing create container, compose container. Then Arnota comes in and he's like, oh, I, I created a React composer. It'll work. And then Meteor first, this would piss me off about Meteor sometimes. The first thing they'll do is, oh, yeah, we'll consider it. We'll consider it. They, they did your job for you. Why aren't you pushing code right now? Like, literally, you spent half the time talking about it, yet two people in the community already built something that a lot more people are using than what your solution is. So like things like that frustrate me. So like I'm in there, I'm trying to see like my company likes to play by the book. We like to go with whatever Meteor says because that's the safest for us. It's super annoying because we need to make things happen now. So we've been using React Meteor data. It's fine. We get around the whole frozen object that just has all your reactive stuff in there and, you know, the rendering is fine. It works. Cool. And then Tracker React gets a little, like, upgrade. And I'm like, wow, we should use Tracker React. So I go into the issues again. And I see Dino already proposed the Tracker React. What's the first response? We'll consider it. 
It's like, dude, you still haven't pushed any code yet? And then I think two days ago, we see in the, in the guide, like create container from Meteor. Like you can create a container at work. Like so many cycles that I think that you should let people into these cycles because obviously we are working on it way more than you are. Like to be honest, well, you know, like, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I've created a, a work pop. We have a WP state container, which does what create container did. And, you know, I built that in 30 minutes because I was thinking about the problem for a long time. It powers the whole app that I'm running. So I'm just yeah. saying these things can be let people into these things and don't say you'll consider it. Like have open communication because maybe we could have got to this conclusion a lot earlier, you know? Right. Right. Well, you know, here's my thing. Like at least I, I feel like if we're going to talk about functional containers, like it, it makes way more sense to me to go with react composer than it does to go with, you know, they're under the covers that create container they've created still uses the get meteor data, right? Yeah. You're still making this big ball of react reactive yes. objects wrapped in one big tracker auto run. That's going to rerun whenever it needs to. And I don't know, like it's still, eh, feels weird to me. It doesn't, doesn't feel right. And it's not necessarily explicit, right? Like you gotta, you gotta yeah. load all this data up in, in this container all, all in one kind of function and then return all that data. It's just, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't read right to me. Yeah. This is a result of a project changing hands. It's not anybody's like, it's not Tom's fault. Tom just, this pretty much laid on Tom. Here you go, Tom. Here, for, with all the other stuff you're doing, here you go. Figure it out. I don't blame anybody. Like this is a, well, you know, but like, the, you know, the problem I have, I have is the response that you get from Tom felt very unlike Meteor to me. The response was, well, you know, maybe down the road we could switch to React Composer behind the scenes. Or we could switch to the Tracker React or something like that. But, you know, for now, we're going to go with the Get Meteor Data solution behind the scenes because it's the devil we know. And, yeah. like, you know, that's just, I don't, I don't know. It's unlike, it's unlike Meteor, but it sounds like someone who has a lot of stuff to do already. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's what it I, sounds I like. I would agree. Yeah. And then you have Dino, the next comment saying, I'm here. Let me know. I'm here for you. Let mm-hmm. me know what to do. I'll do it. So, like, like, I bet you if you let Dino, like, just integrate Tracker React into uh, React Create Container as an option, holy mm-hmm. man, it'll happen. Like, I think Dino said it properly. What we want is one API, right? Mm-hmm. Create container could be the API that could power anything under the hood, you know? Like integration points, you know? And then as, as those underlying APIs change, our Meteor packages don't have to, like, we don't have to worry about it. We still use create container and things work as we expect. Right now, we have all these competing ideologies, right? Three of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we need to consolidate them somehow, right? So... Sorry, rant over, you know. I don't feel like we're going to have a consolidation here. I think we're just yeah. going to camps. camps, pushing, you know, mantra is just, honestly, I believe mantra is really just Aeronota's way of saying, I'm tired of waiting on MGG, like you were yeah. talking about. And so, like, he's making his own things now. And if you look, React Composer is interesting. I don't really like the way you build the the functional containers and pass all that data back. But at the same time, I don't have to rely on Tracker anymore. You can do yeah. re- React or uh, compose with observables, compose with promises, mm-hmm. uh, RxJS. Like he's got all kinds of support in there. I think if you look at, at stuff he's, talk, he's talked about in regards to Mantra, like absolutely, like he's trying to figure out ways to not necessarily be tied down by 
MDG's team speed or their thoughts or, you know, how long it takes them to, to push yeah. it. The things about these reactive data loading and this React setting is no other React developer outside the Meteor community has to deal with these problems, right? This is a very Meteor-specific like, problem that we have to solve, like, you know, auto-running data from subscriptions or whatever. It's a very Meteor problem. And so the only type of, like, the only type of architecture we know is from what we were doing in the past in Blaze, right? Like, we, we know our template-level subscriptions. We want that type of thing in a React component, right? Even with the state container that React is, uh, Meteor is going to provide us, there is no template.subscriptions ready, which was, like, the clutchest thing ever, right? But well, Composer does that. Yeah, Composer. Composer does that, you know? So... Yeah. Arno does thinking of a lot of stuff, you know. The interesting thing is, like, he, he uses that callback function, right? So you, you yeah. call on data, and you call on data with your data when you're ready. He shows a default loading template until you actually pass something back. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think React or Meteor's version could probably do that, too. That is maybe one downside of Tracker React I found is like last night I was writing some stuff and I'm like, why is this airing out? And then it was like, I don't have any kind of wait on. I don't have any kind of like ready checking going on. Yeah. So like, you know, there, there you go. Like that, that's definitely an argument for a React Composer. The more I think about it is like, I was against React Composer in the beginning because I was approaching my, uh, my UI state or my, my Meteor state purely as only Meteor. But now that I'm thinking about like, you know, GraphQL and like other types of data fetching, I think Composer mm-hmm. is probably what I want to do now because I want to have support for multiple types of like data structures, you know, or sources, data sources. Like I want to, I want to be able to compose from API that's not in Meteor, you know, some, some service out there. I think that's probably what I would, I would go for. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still on the fence. I, I still think like it's not I to me, Tracker React is more transparent in what's happening versus React Composer. Yeah. Um but I will say like once you get used to React, React Composer. It's, it's, yeah, and you don't have to only use one. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like you don't have, you can use both in one app right now. <laughs> yeah, it's actually not a it's not a bad bad deal because Tracker React gives you a a reactive profiler, see how things are rerunning. I've always wanted that, you know, that's awesome. And then uh, Composer could be cool for, you make a container, and let's say you have a component that is not really a container, but it needs to auto-run some stuff. Use Tracker React there. You can pick your tools and you can make things happen. No one's saying that you have to have one or the other. So. Yeah. And I don't think, yeah, I don't think we should make an opinion on that either. I think you should be able to use all of them. Yeah. yeah. So, read Devin's article. <laughs> Yeah, and and start to maybe understand it and form your own opinion and see which camp you belong in. I'm gonna go edit his uh, post and put a link in there to the discussion as well because I I think yeah. a lot more people should be chiming in there. Yeah, totally. It shouldn't be go with the devil you know, right? Like, yeah. let's go with what's best for the community. Yeah, let's start. Let's start thinking and just stop constantly just doing stuff. Let's just think about it for a little bit. And then do it, you know. Yeah. Great job to Devin. You've come a long way, man. I met you like months ago, and come a long way. So, good job. Last topic: React version fifteen. Okay, guys. 
the most exciting news of the day. No, I was kidding. Um, <laughs> React 15 is a there's a release candidate that came out on uh, March 7th. Um, I love the React release candidates and all their messaging around them, and they're kind of like Medium. If you ever seen Medium's releases, they always have some funny stuff in there. Uh, like in this one, it's really cool because they were saying like, "Oh, sorry for delaying the release. We're watching, we're binge watching House of Cards." Yeah, and uh, yeah. So then they have like uh, they have like you know this spoiler that they like blocked out. It's just it's very it's just funny. And Medium does a great job. If you look at the iOS releases, they have a bunch of jokes in there. Um, I think that stuff is fun. It keeps people vibrant. That's besides I the just, point. I just looked at their spoiler. <laughs> Did you look at it? No, I didn't. So if you inspect Element, it's actually like they've got blocks over it, but there is text in the title of the abbreviation. Ah, you didn't think we'd actually spoil anything, did you? That's so funny. See? Very clever, and I love that. I love that stuff. Yeah. The things that we, I, I want you guys to know and take from this is, uh, one, it's not going to be 0.15. They're officially going to go to 15. I think that was covered in a show before. Um, so that's just one thing to know. It's going to be straight up 15. There's going to be some major changes. If anyone's been developing React apps, you guys can always know it's a React app when you inspect Element and you see data-react ID, right? There's all these data-react IDs on your React Element. With the big, long, crazy number, like 0.0.0.0.1.1.1.2. Exactly. So now what they're going to do is they're going to get rid of that. They're changing how, how everything is going to interact interact with the DOM. So instead of tacking on these, these IDs on each DOM node, so React can keep track of these, doc, these elements internally, right, for the, its system, it's going to use this native document.createElement, and that is supported by major browsers. That's it. I mean, it's, it's a very simple change, and they can still map the DOM nodes uh, at render time that they want. So, like, it's, it doesn't affect you, really. It doesn't affect us as... Uh, as as people, you know, it doesn't but, uh, affect the way we're using it, but it does right. affect the speed. Apparently, they've got like a yeah. speed increase because of this. Yeah, yeah, because you don't have to you don't have to maintain those IDs because the DOM obviously is very slow. So, yeah, I wouldn't be afraid. That's not a breaking change or anything. Another thing is there's not going to be a bunch of span tags created for you, like in React. If you write crappy HTML or you know, like uh, you know. Like, there's, like, document standards, and if you don't do it sometimes to the document standard that React likes, they'll insert, like, elements for you. Like, let's say you put, like, a div inside a, an A tag. Like, it'll turn those divs into spans, and it'll try to morph that into what it thinks is a document standard. Um, they're not going to do any more extra spans. They're going to be the ones that make sense. But before, you could, you could get, like, like, if you're doing a bunch of text, you could end up with a bunch of span tags just inserted for you. Um, never really affected me, you know, but it could affect your CSS, which is why I think it's important that you guys should be aware that you won't get as many, you know, extra span tags. Yeah. And in the document, they show like just a simple div with hello and a prop and yeah. they said that would have resulted in two spans and now mm -hmm. nothing. Yeah. There's one about rendering null, which is, you can go read that. It's, it's pretty much for like no script. Like when you have no script environments, go read that one. I don't personally don't think it's that, but it will it will increase your performance. I've never actually rendered null before. Have you? Have you actually done like? I'll use, I'll use it for like null? a ternary. Ternary. Uh, 
I usually yeah. just yeah. I think I I just use the empty string, which I think is what they're gonna do for you now, where mm-hmm. like it just it turns into an empty string. I think maybe null just reads better. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. just like my my JavaScript brain. Like I don't know. That's how I processed it. I just tried it. I didn't even know it was a thing, and it worked. Yeah. So I was like, hey, all right. Yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> and then uh, lastly is improved SVG support. Previously, all the DOM methods were on React, like the React namespace. Now everything's going to React DOM. SVG, on the other hand, in S- if you've never done SVG in React, it's really cool because you can like you can pretty much make an SVG component, and you can change like the path and all the the, the circle and like all those attributes. You know, kind of like client side reactiv- uh, reactivity, where you're changing elements and the SVG can move and stuff. It's really cool. So they're just going to have all SVG. Because before I was doing this SVG project, I was using like, uh, I forget now, I was using some of like the attributes on, on path. Like maybe I think it was like uh, fill opacity or something like that. Some, some stupid thing like that. And React kept blowing up saying that it was not supported. And now what's great is all SVG tags and attributes are supported. So no more workarounds, you know, like you can use... Straight up SVG, maybe you're you're cool. You can make really cool animations uh, or nice illustrations on your website. So that's I'm I'm happy for that one. There are breaking changes. I'll just go through the breaking changes. I think we, we're good. There's all the React things that I just said are now in React DOM are going to be deprecated on React. So everything like find DOM node, render, all these things are going through the React DOM namespace. Um, and they just got a, they just got a bunch of just APIs are being deprecated, you know, left and right. So um, I would take a look at that. But a lot of these in newer React code, you don't see these being used. So I think a lot of people aren't actually utilizing this. I think it would be make more sense to people who have been using React, you know, pre uh, version like dot eleven mm-hmm. that would be affected by this type of stuff. So yeah, and and so they said if you run version fourteen or version zero dot fourteen uh, without any kind of warnings or problems showing up the console, you should be able to upgrade without a problem. So good stuff. I'm excited. I think uh, I don't know, it's like it's, 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 it's clear to me they have uh, a lot of people paying attention to this stuff and trying to figure out like how can we you know this is like. This is the Amazon level crap, right? They're trying to think about like, how can we reduce the speed of delivering this to someone? And, you know, they like, it's, it's worth it for them to pay a developer to sit there to figure out how to get a 10% speed increase because, you know, for Facebook, that probably means like a bazillion more ads they can show at you, right? <laughs> and that's, that's their bottom line. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't know, React has always been really good about these releases. They've always been good about you know these breaking changes, making you just know everything up front because you know what? Their whole business runs on it. So it's actually makes more it's more important to them that it works than to us. You know, like we're like number they're number one and then we're like a close second to all the other people yeah. using it, you know. It's yeah. fifteen thousand React components, you know, like holy crap. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like they write good docs and put out a good change log because, frankly, they got to pass it out and make sure they don't break Facebook itself. <laughs> yeah, which is like breaking the world, right? So, like, 
the world know. is in their hands. I don't know about that. <laughs> it definitely, I mean, it feels like React is everywhere nowadays, but that's, that's, probably, that's probably, you know, the echo chamber I live in. Yeah, but I, I definitely do think uh, it is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. All right. Well, this is the end of this show. The end. Thank you, Abby, for joining me today. No worries. It was great. Great time. Yes. And as always, you know, the sponsors, I got to say plural now, modulus.io and digitalocean.com. And if you want to get in the chat room, you missed out on Space Drunk. It was kind of lame, though. It was super lame. It was lame. Because I came late, but... I was was there on time. I started early. I don't know. (laughs) It was lame. But yeah, no, go to uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Meteor Club. You can join there. Ten bucks a month will get you in the Slack chat room. I use that money for the running creator, doing the podcast, editors, all that kind of chat. Try to put out a quality product. And uh, I do that with everyone's help. We'll tweet when this show comes out. And we love retweets. It means, it means the world to us when you retweet us. Yes. <laughs> all right all right well, thank, thank you thanks hobby and uh who knows maybe we'll see you next week maybe we'll see you in a couple of weeks yeah but i'll be back yeah, yeah all right all right bye guys this has been a space dojo production you can find out more information about space dojo at space dojo.com it's easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop that's s-p-a-c-e-d-o-j-o.com